As the rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. Our doors are open once again, and we are now able to offer a said service of Holy Communion each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. But these online acts of choral worship, which draw upon archive recordings of our choir and congregation, combined with newly recorded readings, prayers and sermons, will continue each week so that you can enjoy the full wonders of our amazing choral tradition until such time as we can sing once again. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the sixth Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him, through our Lord Jesus Christ, our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require, Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray.
almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy Lord. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou then, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament reading is taken from the first book of Kings, chapter 2, beginning at the 10th verse. So David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. And the days that David reigned over Israel were forty years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron, and thirty and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. Then sat Solomon upon the throne of David his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. Then came there two women that were harlots unto the king, and stood before him. And the one woman said, O my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house, and I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass, the third day after that I was delivered, that this woman was delivered also, and we were together, and there was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night, because she overlaid it. And she arose at midnight, and took my son from beside me, while thine handmaid slept, and laid it in her bosom, and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son which I did bear. And the other woman said, Nay. But the living is my son, and the dead is thy son. And this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. Then said the king, The one saith, This is my son that liveth, and thy son is the dead, and the other saith, Nay, but thy son is the dead, and my son is the living. And the king said, Bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, Divide the living child in two, and give half to the one, and half to the other. Then spake the woman, whose the living child was unto the king, for her bowels yearned upon her son, and she said, O my lord, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. Then the king answered and said, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. This is the word of the Lord.
Testament reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 4, beginning at the first verse. And as Peter and John spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they had taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands upon them and put them into hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes, and Anas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marvelled, and they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. And, beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside, out of the council, they conferred amongst themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a noticeable miracle had been done by them is manifest to all of them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you, or more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them, because of the people, for all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above forty years old, on whom this miracle of healing was showed. This is the word of the Lord.
living God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
O God, who hast prepared for them that love thee such good things as pass our understanding, pour into our hearts such love toward thee, that we, loving thee in all things and above all things, may obtain thy promises which exceed all that we can desire, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As a child, I was a classic tomboy. I was always far more interested in football, climbing trees, and my train set than in playing with dolls. And at secondary school, at a time when most of the other girls in my class were reading Jackie and Romeo, I was eagerly awaiting the next delivery of the football magazines to which I subscribed, which had titles like Shoot and Score and Roar. So I could never understand why it was that so many girls of my age were obsessed with babies and young children. I didn't possess the remotest maternal instinct and really couldn't see the attraction at all. On the contrary, babies seemed to me to be little more than messy, demanding, noisy sources of interruption that were best avoided at all costs. And for me, this continued into adulthood. I certainly didn't experience the desperate need to have children of my own, as some women certainly do. So I was fascinated to observe how all of that changed instantly the minute that I was blessed for the first time with a child of my own. Suddenly, I understood. I really did. And I experienced a kind of bond and a kind of love that was completely new to me. I suddenly understood why it was that a mother bear will fight to the last to protect her cub. And weirder still, when each of my two children reached the stage when they were walking for the first time, contrary to all my expectations, I suddenly experienced an overwhelming, visceral need to have another one, such is the power of human biology. But I do now recognize why maternal love can be particularly powerful, because, as the most surprising of people can discover, myself included, it is a kind of love that extends far beyond reason far beyond the self-interest of the mother. It is a love that overflows with the desire to give and to nurture. Of course, that in itself is not always uncomplicated. The kind of mothering that is completely overwhelming can be every bit as damaging to a child as mothering that is inadequate and neglectful, albeit in different ways. But maternal love can be an immensely powerful force. I was reflecting on these themes in the light of this evening's Old Testament lesson from 1 Kings and the famous story of the judgment of Solomon. The situation it describes is a terrible one. Two women living in the same house give birth within three days of each other. One of the women accidentally smothers her own child while she is sleeping by lying over him. So distraught is she at her loss that she substitutes her own dead baby for the living child of the other sleeping woman. Both women are now claiming the living baby to be theirs and seek Solomon's judgment 
over their dispute. Solomon's response is shocking. He orders the child to be cut in half so that the women can have half each. But her horror at this suggestion prompts the child's true mother to surrender the child to the other woman rather than see him die. And so it is that the truth emerges and the biological mother is reunited with her own child. This is, of course, a story that has the ring of folktale about it, and one can't help feeling anxious about what would have happened in real life had the real mother failed to respond as Solomon had confidently predicted. But as a study in maternal emotion, it does have the ring of truth about it, both the desperation of the mother who has tragically lost her own child and how much more terrible that loss, given that she was herself the cause of his death, and the mother who is prepared to give up her own child altogether in order to save his life. Both St. Luke and St. Matthew's Gospels describe an incident in which Jesus, lamenting the state of Jerusalem and its people, yearns to gather them together as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings. If you have ever watched a duck or a hen protect her chicks or ducklings from threat of harm by doing that, you will recognize what a poignant image this is. Because the chicks are concealed while the mother is still entirely vulnerable. And it is the more powerful when we note that in context, Jesus is saying that it is in spite of the appalling and godless behavior of the people that he yearns to protect them from harm in that maternal and self-sacrificial way. In Christian theology, we are far more accustomed to reflect on the fatherhood rather than the motherhood of God, because in Scripture, fatherhood is the primary metaphor used of God by Jesus himself. But there are aspects of motherhood at its best that can inform our understanding of the nature of the love of God in wonderfully insightful and creative ways, and in ways that transcend issues of gender and personal circumstance. In his book, Benedictus, a book of blessings, the priest and poet John O'Donoghue wrote a wonderful reflection on the power and the nature of motherhood. It is entitled, For a Mother to Be. And part of it goes like this. Nothing could have prepared your heart to open like this. From beyond the skies and the stars, this echo arrived inside you and started to pulse with life, each beat a tiny act of growth, traversing all our ancient shapes on its way home to itself. Once it began, you were no longer your own. A new, more courageous you 
offering itself in a new way to a presence you can sense, but you have not seen or known. You know your life has changed forever. For in all the days and years to come, distance will never be able to cut you off from the one you now carry for nine months under your heart. May you be blessed with quiet confidence that destiny will guide you and mind you. May the emerging spirit of your child imbibe encouragement and joy from the continuous music of your heart so that it can grow with ease, expectant of wonder and welcome when its form is fully filled and it makes its journey out to see you and settle at last relieved and glad in your arms. Amen. Let us pray. High and holy God, robed in majesty, Lord of heaven and earth, we pray that you will bring justice, faith and salvation to all peoples. We ask for your blessing on our Queen and government, for members of Parliament and the leaders of the nations. For all who lead and work in health and care services, for journalists. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, prayer. our prayer. You chose us in Christ to be your people and to be the temple of your Holy Spirit. We pray that you will fill your church 
with vision and hope. We ask for your blessing on Justine, our Archbishop, for Sarah, our Bishop, and Alison, our Rector, and for all who serve this community of St. Bride. Also today, for the Episcopal Church in the Philippines, for Bishop Joel, for the church in Skara in Sweden, and for Bishop Ake. We give thanks for our diocesan links with Angola and Mozambique, and pray for all the clergy and people there. In our diocese, we pray for the Chelsea Deanery, for Jenny Welsh, Area Dean, for the Deanery Synod, for Mark, Lay Chairman, and Ade Secretary. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Your Spirit enables us to cry, Abba, Father, affirms that we are fellow heirs with Christ and pleads for us in our weakness. We ask that you give us strength to comfort the fearful to tend the sick and to assure the isolated of our love and your love. Be close to those who are ill, afraid or in isolation. In their loneliness, be their consolation. In their anxiety, be their hope. In their darkness, be their light. We ask for your blessing, especially today, for all those in our parish who are in need at this time, in this city and around the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. In the baptism and birth of Jesus, you, you have opened heaven to us and enabled us to share in your glory the joy of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit from before the world was made. We remember before you all those departed this life, for the recently departed and for those whose year's mind comes at this time. May your whole church, living and departed, come to a joyful resurrection in your city of light. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Let us commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers for the, the sake, sake of, of your Son, Son our Saviour Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen.
The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. <laughs>